Hi, and welcome back to the same 24 hours podcast. Happy 2021, everyone. I would say this is season four, but I've never actually done seasons of the podcast. So happy season four or whatever. But I hope you all are off to a good start. Um, The new year, you know, what can you do? You can claim it's a new year, new you, or you can just proceed with life as if it's a continuum and we're going to do the best we can at any given moment. Either way, wherever you fall on the spectrum is about getting in touch with yourself, learning to get over the things that are causing you pain and stress and really on to living your best life. And that is why I have this guest coming back for a third time to the same 24 hours podcast, Dr. Will Cole, who you guys have, if you've been listening, he was on episode, I believe 78, hold on, I had it in my notes and on the podcast, I did the same thing. (laughs) Episode 74, and 148, he was on, um, I think in 2017 and again in 2018. But I love Dr. Cole because he approaches medicine from a functional medicine perspective, and he will tell you what that is about on the episode. But the main thing that is important to realize about functional medicine is it takes into account you. You as an individual, you as a unique individual, and that is not always on the spectrum of traditional Western medicine. Okay, Western medicine is not taking you personally into account in most spaces. And that's not to say anything wrong about the doctors and healthcare, and that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the cog that is, or the the cog in the wheel that is Western medicine and, and where we fall in all of that, because there is just so much in our traditional medicine that is just not getting it right. There's a lot that's right. There's a lot that's not. And I think that's where functional medicine bridges the gap beautifully. So I don't even know if that made any sense or <laughs> was eloquent at all. But anyone who is a fan of this podcast knows what you see is what you get. What you hear is what you get. So I am glad that you are choosing to spend some of your valuable time with me on this podcast. And I hope you enjoy this episode with Dr. Will Cole. Before we get started, I want to encourage you to join my new community. It's 100% free to join. It is Meredith Atwood Community and Coaching, MAC, M-A-C-C for short. Check out how to join by going to my Instagram. I think that's the easiest way to tell you (laughs) auditorily how to find something. Go to my Instagram, click on link in bio and follow the link there. If you are someone who just wants to go on a computer, you can go to meredith-atwood-coaching.mn.co. See, that was long. (laughs) Or I could just create a bit.ly and then make it a lot easier on everyone, including myself. Uh, Say lovey, what can you do? Um, But in my free community, there's obviously a community and a space for you. And that was my main driving force. There's also coaching, there's strength training, there's um, food plans that are very simple. There is um, 5k plans, free triathlon training plans, and more. So I have basically taken my whole universe and put it off into this community, this off Facebook, off 
um, platforms and into a new space. And I'm very proud of it. So I hope you'll join it, the Mac community. Head on over to my Instagram at swimbikemom and click on my bio and the first link will take you straight there. So now, now I promise on to the show. Hi, and welcome to the same 24 hours podcast. I'm Meredith Atwood, author of the book, The Year of No Nonsense. I'm a former attorney turned writer, speaker, and Ironman triathlete. Although right now, all I really like to do is lift weights. We all have the same 24 hours, but it's what we do in those hours that leads to our greatest health, happiness, and success. It's my goal to crack the code on a life of less nonsense so we can all make the most of our 24 hours. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Same 24 Hours podcast. I'm Meredith Atwood. Very glad you're joining us. So this is my only, actually, I have one other person I've interviewed three times, but Dr. Will Cole is back. So welcome back. Thank you so much. I'm quite the honor. Three times. Yes. One of I two. Know. Who's the other person? <laughs> so I have my good friends, Brent and Kyle Peace, who are the Ironman who like one of them has cerebral palsy and the brother pushes them and they, they have these foundations. So they're cool. my good friends. They have the only ones who've been on three times. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so well, you're super you. special. Um, so how have you been? Um, the last time we talked, there was no global pandemic and, yeah. you know, that's been a thing. So how, how have you mm-hmm. been? Yeah, I mean, it's been quite the crazy 2020 was a crazy year, wasn't it? It's like, I, I didn't, <laughs> I mean, who, who could have planned this? It's just so much has changed in such a short period of time. Uh, yeah. So it's for, for, there's two different levels of that for me personally, not much has changed. We always had a telehealth clinic. Uh, we've were actually started one of the first functional medicine telehealth centers in the world over a decade ago. So I've only consulted people online. I mean, sometimes people would fly in or drive in for the first consult, or you know, if they need, if they wanted to, or see us occasionally if they if they wanted to. But it wasn't needed. We've always done webcam. Uh, so professionally my day job of consulting people and getting them labs and all that stuff that I really love hasn't changed. And my kids are homeschooled too. So that hasn't changed at all. So I don't know how we wouldn't, he didn't plan on a pandemic. It's not why we're doing what we're doing, but uh, personally, not much has changed. I just think I'm very conscious of the fact that a lot of people's lives have really changed Yeah, and some very not in a good way. Um, and my heart goes out to all those people where they are being impacted, whether they've lost a loved one or the economic implications of what's going on right now. So, yeah, crazy world. Right. But uh, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that things will start turning around. Well, I have a whole new respect for you because I did remember when you mentioned that, that you homeschooled your kids. And um, yeah. yeah, I did not understand that <laughs> in any shape or form until this year. And, and now- I can't take the credit. My wife, my <laughs> wife homeschools my kids. I do. Right. I do the peripheral stuff when I'm home, but she really does pick up that, which is as people have learned over the past year, how difficult that is. It's not easy. It truly is. But I think what's, I'm actually leaning more toward it because I can see the benefits of it. I can see the benefits mm-hmm. of 
of being home, of, of taking your own schedule. I mean, that's the thing is they're mm-hmm. trying to cram the whole school day into, right. you know, have the kids online for seven to eight hours, which is right. not traditional homeschool. So it's like no. this weird, I can see how I, I could do the homeschooling thing, but we would be doing yeah. school for about four hours. <laughs> that's yeah. all. Yeah. 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 And that, that's typically what my kids do as well. Some days are longer, right. some days are shorter, but on average. Yeah about four hours. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it works for us. I know it doesn't work for everybody, but sure. it definitely works for us. Um, I, I liked it originally why we did it. One of the major reasons was because I travel a lot for work and I teach in different areas and I really liked taking one of my kids with me and, and hanging out with them in a new city and getting able to spend that time. That's one of the major reasons why we did it. Obviously over the past 2020, I didn't right. do that, but it still worked out well because we already were in that world when everybody else was thrown into that world. Right, right. So for anyone new to the podcast and you want to hear two great episodes, Dr. Cole was on, hold on, I flipped my page, 148 and episode 74. So we talked about all sorts of amazing stuff, inflammation, the ketogenic diet. I mean, we covered all sorts of things in those two episodes. So definitely go back and check those out. But for today's episode, we are going to talk about his new book. So first of all, let's rewind a little bit and tell everyone a little bit about what you do just for, for the new listeners. Sure. So I'm a functional medicine practitioner. Like I mentioned, my main focus as far as during the day, like my day job is uh, I run a functional medicine telehealth center. So what functional medicine is, is in short evidence-based alternative medicine or evidence-based medicine that is tailored to the individual. So bio-individual medicine, if you want to call it that. Um, But the Cleveland Clinic has a functional medicine center. Those, all those doctors at the Cleveland Clinic's functional medicine center is trained through what's known as the Institute for Functional Medicine. That's who's trained myself and my team. Um, And, uh, you know, a more like extrapolated uh, conversation around functional medicine is we run more comprehensive labs. So we're looking at root components that are, are the pieces to the puzzle of why people are struggling with the things they're struggling with. So we do a lot with people with autoimmune issues. Um, that's our main patient base, but people also with chronic fatigue issues and things like hair loss, hormonal problems, um, people with digestive problems. We see, see a lot of those people and people with anxiety and depression as well. So that those are the people I definitely have a passion for and a heart for and giving them answers and giving them tools to overcome these things and really hearing them. So uh, we also interpret labs differently. So anybody that's listening will know, hey, when they get their basic labs or whatever labs they are getting done conventionally, they have this reference range that they're being compared to this X to Y interval. We get that reference range from a statistical bell curve average of people who go to that lab. So it's non-standardized for the most part. So you can go from lab to lab and you'll see those reference ranges will vary um, from based on that population we don't want to just look at the average of people who go to labs because people that predominantly go to labs are not the healthiest bunch of people. So I want to look at how you can feel your best. Where is your vibrant wellness? Where does that reside? That's the functional range. That's where your body is functioning the best. And that's what we're looking at and where we get our name in functional medicine. We're looking at where your body functions the best. So it's a thinner, tighter range within that larger reference range of where does optimal healthy live. And so we're comparing 
you to optimal healthy so we can get you there and understand the the gray areas, the pieces to the puzzle, which is typically a confluence of factors. It's a multifactorial perfect storm that can give and uh, give people the symptoms that they have or drive the things that they're struggling with. So that's uh, what I do. Uh, we look at labs and then we tailor it to the individual because we realize we're all created differently. And what works for one person, even if you have the same diagnosis, even if you had a hundred people with fatigue is a good example or thyroid issues, what's needed for one case is not needed for the next case. So I really want to give it a thoughtful, fresh perspective and get multiple labs perspective from their vantage point uh, to understand what's going on there. So there's a diagnoses like um, chronic fatigue issues or fibromyalgia or even thyroid issues. Those are really broad sweeping overgeneralized codes that are used from a diagnostic conventional standpoint, which is needed, but it doesn't understand. You don't look at the context of the case and the context of the case is so different from people to people because what's driving that? Is it underlying hormonal problems? Is it a chronic infection? Is it toxicity? Is it underlying gut issue? Is it uh, toxic relationship? Is it some, some <laughs> mental emotional thing? It, it could be anything, both physiological in, the, in their life, the impacts of physiological that could be driving their symptoms. And that can apply right. to any health problem. Right. And I'm so glad you mentioned it. Cause when I first asked you what you did, I was like, don't forget to ask him about the range of labs, because I just yeah. think that's so important. When I learned about that years ago, probably from you, honestly, um, I thought, oh, that makes so much more sense. And, and, and in traditional medicine, you may go to a doctor, they run labs they're like, well, your labs are normal. We don't know what's wrong with you. And right. to just realize that you're being compared to the other sick people <laughs> that are being mm -hmm. run, you know, that's your, that's your normal range. You're normal for a sick person. Hello. Right. Right. Yeah. And just yeah. because something's common doesn't necessarily mean it's normal. And that many people just settle for these things because they're told they're normal or it's their everyday. So they're pushing through the day, but it's not a good quality day. Their quality of life isn't great or maybe not good at all. But people with these chronic health issues, these are really silent problems for most people because they people look quote unquote normal and they can get through the day. So they don't, people don't realize on the outside what it takes just to get through the day when you're struggling with things like autoimmune issues or chronic fatigue syndrome or hormonal problem or a digestive problem or anxiety and depression. So these are things that are silent, but I wanna bring light to them uh, and bring awareness to them because you have to know what you're dealing with to do something about it. And many people are floundering, trying to figure out what the heck's going on here. And they're immersing themselves in Dr. Google because they're being delegitimized unintentionally, maybe by, by mainstream medicine, but they want to find answers. So those are my people. Those are the people that we really want to give them the thoughtfulness and the time that they need. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about your new book. One, one, what inspired it? And two, um, what's it about? What's called intuitive fasting. Uh, this is a concept, well, it's born out of my clinical practice, really. It's something that I've talked with patients for over a decade at this point. It's something that I use in my, my own life for even longer. So it, this is born out of that, just like any one of the things that I've written. So Ketotarian, which I was on your show first for, uh, is born of my own journey and what I've seen as far as being a clean ketogenic lifestyle as a tool to feel better and to optimize your health. And I talked about fasting in that book, um, but I wanted a deep dive and same with the inflammation spectrum. I actually talked my second book. I talked about fasting in that book too, and time restricted feeding and what it could do for inflammation. So this is a sort of a crescendo conversation that now I can have full 
uh, book to discuss this stuff because there's so much exciting science and practical application to this concept of, of intermittent fasting or time-restricted feeding. But let's do it in a way, as its name implies, it's almost you know an opposite, this sort of dichotomy of intuitive fasting. What do I mean by that? I mean, besides it being a play on, play on words of intermittent and intuitive, it's way more than that. It is, I want people to really get to a place of intuition and whether that's using food intuitively or fasting intuitively or just living from a place of intuition, which I love having this conversation in the book because it's in our culture, we, we are in this sort of Instagram, social media, nice sounding, sounds nice, sounds sexy, sounds appealing, but what's the practical application of that? So for someone to say, I'm an intuitive eater, I'm intuitive eating, that's great. But when you're in a state of imbalance, when you're struggling with hangriness and fatigue and hormonal imbalances or autoimmune issues, what up? what, what is up is down and down is up because your stress eating or, or the cravings aren't your intuition. It, it is actually things disguising itself as intuition. So I really want people to get to a place of intuitive eating, but they have to put the time and the work and the consistency in to actually calm the noise, calm mm. the imbalance, calm the inflammation, which is in proverbial imbalance. It's an imbalance in immune system, calm that stuff, settle the noise. So you actually can hear that still small voice of your intuition and actually have the discernment to know this is what my body loves. This is what my body hates, but you have to get to a place of centeredness to actually get there. Oh, so from this is there, such you can a actually- good point. Oh my gosh. I have, to, I have to share something with you. Cause I, yeah. you know, my background a little bit, like I yeah. was, my body was a trash can for like 20 years. I drank excessively, ate whatever, mm-hmm. didn't eat me. Mm-hmm. And I never knew how bad I felt like all the time, right? Until yeah. you start to get some health, right? Mm-hmm. It pot, you, you're like, oh, I'm sleeping more. I don't drink anymore. And, and, and over the last decade, I feel better and better and better. And recently I started, like I just, the last three days I was an allergic mess to the point where I had to use an inhaler and I don't ever have to do that. And I was like, oh my gosh, do I have COVID? <laughs> and I realized I had switched my rice and cause I, I eat carbs. <laughs> um, but I had switched my, my brand of rice and that was really the only thing. Cause I eat like the same type of things every day. It makes me happy. It makes me feel bad, mm-hmm. my best. And that was it. And to know, and, and so to bring that full circle with what you're saying, like it took me so long to get to that state of like balance to where I could go, okay, I don't feel good. And what is it? And I realized it was that subtle. And when you're treating your body like a trash can, like everything always feels crazy and anything you, you never know what is, is better or worse. It's just this. So I totally hear what you're saying with like, how do we get to the state of being okay before we can be intuitive? Absolutely. Well said. That's exactly what I'm talking about. How do we clear that disillusionment? How can we settle that? Because inflammation is an imbalance in the body. It causes signaling pathways, like the hormones are not signaling properly, or transmitters are not signaling properly, communication between systems between the gut and the brain, and the brain and the hormonal system are not signaling properly. So that all of that, you will not be guided from intuition, you may have intuition in other aspects of your life, right? I mean, you may have some intuition and gut instincts and intuition on things. But when it comes to food and wellness and feeling great, you're not going to have intuition. So uh, flexible intermittent fasting is a tool 
that is really uh, easy to do and accessible to do and completely free for people to do to actually start to gain metabolic flexibility. Metabolic flexibility is the fertile ground for intuition because you actually have proper signaling pathways. You'll have proper balanced inflammation levels. You're, you're, you'll have more uh, guidance on what, what your body needs and what it doesn't need. Metabolic inflexibility or metabolic rigidity when you're stuck in that sugar burning, hangry, fatigued, craving, uh, inflammatory mode, that metabolic rigidity is the death of intuition. You will not be able to discern what your body loves and what it doesn't love because like you said, there's so much noise proverbially going on. So that's why the conversation I'm really having is, is how do we gain metabolic flexibility so we can create an environment to really know what your body loves and what it doesn't love. Okay. Okay. So for everyone who's been hiding this year and eating pizza and drinking beer <laughs> and you want yeah. to get, you know, new year, new you, whatever. Um, but you're ready to start to feel better. What is the very first step? Maybe it's in your book or maybe it's outside, but what, what is the mm -hmm. first step for someone who is just wrecked themselves? Like, yeah. like I had done in 2010. Sure. So I think it really starts, and this is the deep conversation that we're having I'm having with the readers in the book that I hopefully we're having together is that you cannot heal a body you hate. You cannot shame your way into wellness. You cannot obsess your way into health. And I really want to, that is a little bit, you know, people may think, why are we talking about this when we're talking about fasting? But the reality is that is the genesis of sustainable health. So right. that's actually the genesis of intuition too, is re calibrating and repositioning your why like why are you even doing this thing um, why are you even changing the foods that you eat why are you even wanting to do something like fasting it's really getting to the heart of your relationship with yourself your heart the heart of your relationship with your your body and with food so that is to me the, the core thing and the one of the first things that i'm talking in the book is really getting to that and knowing why you're doing this because that will be the seed of a lot of sustainability because it won't be about all the things I can't have or, oh my gosh, like this is so punitive or dogmatic. It's not about that. It's about loving, feeling great more than you miss that food that was a saboteur to you, to you feeling great. So I want people to have that paradigm shift, to have a grace and a lightness into health. And this is a conversation, you know, this, but, but for people that haven't read the things that I talk about and I talk about with patients, that's infused all the things that I talk about because it's such a fundamental aspect of my work in functional medicine and getting people to really not do a program or a diet, but it's just integrating feeling great into your life, integrating tools that make you feel great into your life. And it's a no brainer then it's that people are really motivated and encouraged by feeling great and are focusing on all these amazing things that you can do to make your body feel great. So that's actually the first thing that you would do, at least start that process, not to say that you've healed your relationship with food or healed your relationship with body, or there's no shame, or there's no stress. No, that's not that. It's at least starting that awareness to at least create a space to say, this is why I'm doing it. And you have to check yourself along the way. I mean, these are deeply ingrained neural pathways that many <laughs> people have that they've right. uh, you know had their relations with food but at least start that healing process on a mo mental emotional spiritual level and yeah. then when you start feeling better physically that will further encourage you to do the things that you're doing to continue to feel good so from there then we get into the logistical stuff of it's really i put in a four week 
flexible fasting plan that you can cycle through those four weeks as much as you need to, to start gaining metabolic flexibility, to start growing an intuition of having that resounding grace and lightness of what your body needs. So it's a, it's a lighter fast, a lighter time restricted feeding, which is a 12, 12, um, fasting to eating window. So it would be considered time restricted feeding or TRF it means you're eating within a 12 hour period. So think 8 AM to 8 PM. You're just eating your meals. That's very easy. You're just fasting right. through the night until you break the fast at breakfast, which is there's some compelling studies on something as simple as a 12, 12, uh, time restricted feeding window to give your body enough time to repair at night while it's sleeping. And then repairing that with a clean ketotarian lifestyle. So it's kind of in many ways, intuitive fasting is part two of ketotarian. It's, it's a way for people to learn this because it is very symbiotic is very, um, but it amplifies, they amplify each other that a keto clean ketogenic diet, like ketotarian and intermittent fasting, they both increase beta hydroxybutyrate. They both increase ketones, uh, which is known in the research as the fourth macronutrient. We have, we have proteins, fats, carbs, and ketones. So it's a way to fuel your body to start to start getting metabolic flexibility and burning fat for fuel and becoming a fat burner. So it's getting that kindling off of that fire, that hangriness, the sugar for fuel and getting a log on the fire. And that process takes time on a mitochondrial level, on a metabolic level takes time, but we're starting that process in week one. And then week two, we're getting a bit deeper to about an 18 hour fast. So think maybe 12 to 6 PM you're eating between 12 and 6 PM. And then you're fasting uh, those other hours. And week three is the deepest fast. We uh, it's an almost OMAD fast. So it's OMAD is an acronym that stands for one meal a day. So it's, you're getting about a 22 to two fasting to eating window. And we're doing that every other day in week three. And then week four, we're loosening it back up in 12, 12, and we're bringing more clean carb cycling. So you mentioned that rice mm -hmm. that you have, I'm integrating that into the protocol so people can, and especially women do better with this around their cycle or around a heavy workout, mm -hmm. or just because they want to, and I want them to have that agency over their health to be intuitive to say i need more carbs today and there's no shame in that at all right. so you're cycling and doing a cyclical ketotarian lifestyle but also a vacillating fasting and eating window so it's not the same thing every day there is that ebb and flow that is sort of this proverbial yoga class for your metabolism where you're stretching and contracting your muscles just like you would literally in right. a yoga class that's what I want people to do for their metabolism. And at the end of the yoga class, you have that savasana, you're kind of relaxing and laying down. That's what week four is about. But I want people to cycle through those four weeks as much as they need to, because you're going to be able to really achieve metabolic flexibility, amply moving in the right direction in four weeks. But depending on where you're starting at, it's going to take more than four weeks. So I want you to cycle through as many times as you need to. Yeah. Oh, that sounds so exciting. And I know there's something really powerful about the 30 day window as far as like, um, mentally too. I think, I yeah. think there's something to it, but wrap I know their minds around it. Yeah. Yeah. You can wrap your mind around it. And I, I always tell my clients like you can really do anything for 30 days, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like anything for 30 days. 
Um, but there is also, I know from, and, and you know, I'm super, I have a lot of autoimmune conditions mm -hmm. and for me, yeah. inflammation is really cooled down in 30 days. Like you yeah. can go really hard in the pain on some inflammation. And then after 30 days of taking care of yourself, you can really see it. So Absolutely. I love, I love this idea. Um, okay. So tell everyone title the book where we can get it. When's it coming out and how they can follow you. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, it comes out February 23rd. It's on pre-order now. Uh, I actually put a quiz in the book that's adapted from questions that I ask patients. And similar to the quiz in Inflammation Spectrum, it's a different quiz, but that's, I adapt these from questions that I ask patients during a consultation. Um, so they can take the quiz online. Um, by the time they, people hear this, it'll be, it's a metabolic flexibility quiz. It's at drwillcole.com and they can learn more. Everything's at drwillcole.com. They can pre-order the books there, the links to Amazon and Barnes and Noble and Target and all those places. Uh, and Gwyneth Paltrow, people have heard of her. She wrote the forward of the book, which I'm super pumped about that. She's That's intuitive really fasting. Cool. It's very cool. Very really sweet cool. of her to do that. But um, yeah, it's an amazing book. I'm super excited about it. And the second half of the book has like recipes and pretty pictures and like how to do this stuff um, in an easy to understand way. Well, you'll have to tell Gwyneth that, you know, of a really cool podcast she should be on. <laughs> I will. I will Dear definitely <laughs> mention that. Oh my gosh. Thank you well, so thank much. you so much. And everyone listening, you know how I harp on this. Anytime I have an author on, go buy the pre-order. That is gold for us authors. It is our only <laughs> commodity for real. So yeah. thank you again, Dr. Cole. This was awesome. And I wish you thank the you. best of luck with the publication. Thank you, thank you so much. Thank you for joining me on this episode of The Same 24 Hours. Remember to rate, review, and share this podcast. It really matters. I appreciate it. See you next time.